Welcome to Life Without Secrets. Do you often find yourself comparing your life to your friends on social media? You see the glamour, the success, the perfect family, the perfect kids, the awesome vacations. But what's really behind the highlight reel? In Life Without Secrets, we are going to dive deep and reveal the secrets, struggles, and strategies people have used in real life to get to who they are now and who they are becoming. Because the truth is, nobody is perfect, and you are never alone in what you're going through. So don't forget to subscribe to the show, because it's time to connect on a deeper level and grow together. Are you struggling with something and ready to embrace the limitless possibilities in your life? Did you know you can become more resilient? We have a true powerhouse of resilience and transformation with us today. A woman who I have grown to adore and is very near and dear to my heart, the truly unstoppable Miss Amberly Lago. Amberly Lago is not only a peak performance coach, but also a TEDx speaker, podcaster, and an esteemed expert in the field of resilience. With her best-selling book, True Grit and Grace, and her groundbreaking mastermind program, Unstoppable Life Mastermind, Amberly has empowered countless individuals, including myself, to tap into their own superpower of resilience and elevate their lives and businesses. Amberly's remarkable journey and her unwavering commitment to helping others bounce back from life's challenges have earned her recognition on prestigious platforms such as NBC's The Today Show, The Doctors, and Hallmark. She has graced the pages of renowned magazines like Shape, Fit Pregnancy, Forbes, and USA Today, sharing her insights on personal growth, mental well-being, and the art of building an unstoppable life. In today's interview, we're going to uncover the incredible wisdom and practical tools Amberly has curated, exploring the transformative power of resilience. With her own experiences, Amberly has harnessed the strength to turn adversity into opportunity and inspire others to do the same. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped with the tools you need to face any challenge that comes your way. Amberly, welcome to Life Without Secrets. Hello, I love you. Thank you for that most, that that was like the most amazing introduction. And that's like who you are. And that's why your podcast has like soared from you just started it and soared all the way up to top rankings. It's because you put so much intention and effort and care into everything that you do but I got like a little misty eyed listening to you because I'm so grateful for you and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. So thank you for having me. I got to meet Amberly in last November and I knew her story. I knew she was this incredible woman, but then when you meet her in person, she is such a love and a light and is just this like authentic, just heartwarming human being that you just are like, whatever she's doing, I want to be a part of it. And so for me, as soon as I met you, I was like, I don't know what you're doing or where we're going, but I'm coming with you because you have this just truly gift of seeing people, number one, and seeing people and where they're at and really pouring belief in them, but also what you stand for, right? Like you're so authentic and you, you go after it. So something that stood out for me in your book, and I, I want you to share your story, but I just want to mention this. So you say in there, instead of asking why me, I asked what's next. And I think that through the whole book, I saw that throughout your story. 
And so I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind just sharing some defining moments in your life that built your resilience and helped you become this amazing woman that you are. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for that question. I think that a lot of times when we go through challenges or change or difficult moments in our life, it's easy and it's human nature to go, my God, this sucks. Like, why me? Like, what? What the heck? How am I going to get through this? And I realized now, looking back, every single challenge that I had as a kid, as a young adult, to where I am now has actually strengthened me and it's enabled me to go after all the dreams that I have been able to still aspire to some dreams I still want to do and some that I am like, I'm like pinching myself. I'm, this is what I've prayed for. This is what I've worked for. This is what I have. And I think it's because, you know, when we go through hard times, it develops our grit. It develops our resilience. Um, And I think growing up, honestly, um, nobody who has a perfect childhood, but I, I most certainly did have a perfect childhood and I grew up in a home where I didn't feel safe. Um, my parents divorced and my mom quickly remarried a man who was not so nice a human. Um, he started sexually abusing me at the age of like around eight or nine. So when I say I didn't feel safe, like I really did not have a safe place to be. And so I turned to athleticism and my dance. And so I practically lived at the dance studio. And I remember how running made me feel good. It made me feel strong, especially when I got first place, like the pain that I had, shoot, that just made me run harder. And I I ran faster and I got first place. And so, um, I had a healthy outlet. I mean, um, and I had coaches and I had, um, a dance instructor that was like a drill sergeant. And at the time I was like, man, why are they picking on me? Why are they so hard on me? They let everybody else slide. Why are they so hard on me? And I didn't know it at the time. It's because they saw so much potential in me and they wanted to push me to be better and to do my best. And so, you know, times like, you know, where I was like, oh my gosh, I was throwing up on the track running. And my coach would say, get off the track to throw up and then keep running. My dance instructor where, um, you know, I'd have bloody toes and my point shoes. And she's like, the show must go on. Are you going to, are you going to keep moving? Are you want your understudy to do it for you? And so I learned about a lot of grit and resilience, but over this process of uh, being diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, I had to learn to listen to my body because in the past, being an athlete, being in the fitness industry, it was like no pain, no gain, like push through the pain, just like keep going, suck it up. And I realized suck it up only gets you so far. And I've learned that um, listening to your body and that's whether you're on your health journey, whether you're in your business, in your relationship it's really important. It helps you to have that self-awareness so you can be healthy. And I had a friend of mine tell me, she said, you know what, Amberly, your impact is only as strong as you are healthy. 
And that really hit home for me because I was pushing and pushing and pushing. And it wasn't until I heard her say that, that I was like, oh, I need to take care of myself so I'm able to take care of others and pour into others. Yeah, it's so important. And I feel like, though, you – not only did you have someone to push you, though, you were – you were ready. I feel like when I when I read your book and I know your story, I know you. Um, you are such a good example of grit, but also the grace. And I know that there's been times in your life, you know, where you've had to learn that grace, where you were forced to learn that grace. So I think we connected a lot because I knew about your accident. And um, being that I was a trauma nurse, I watched you walk on this stage when I, or in front of the crowd when I saw you for the first time, and I was like, "That's amazing." Uh, was the first time that you saw? Was that at Ken's event? Okay, I just say that at that event, by the way, uh, I had just flown in, so I had just gotten off the plane, ran into the event space, and I was like, um, when do you need me to speak? And they're like, you're up next. Hadn't had much sleep, hadn't had food yet. Like, Then, by the way, he's like, by the way, we want you to talk about fitness and entrepreneurship. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. Here, here we go. And here came your grit and grace girl. And so you walk up there and mind you, like I want Amberly to tell this story because she was in a terrifying accident. Um, and so walking, watching you walk up there and knowing like from a trauma nurse's perspective, like what you had to go through, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why I do what I do. Because I don't all the time get to see people walk out of the hospital. I don't know what their life's going to look like five years down the road or even a year or even a month down the road. Right. And so when I see you and I'm like, you know, cause sometimes, you know, we see things where we're like, oh man, she's going to lose her leg or, oh man, she's going to lose her life. You know, so many surgeries, but what Jill, can I tell you what's so funny is, um, Shaniqua, who was the nurse the trauma nurse. And when I first went into the hospital, I will never forget her. We're friends to this day. Um, I won't forget her because it was so chaotic and it was so crazy. So for the listeners, um, I had been hit by an SUV while I was riding my motorcycle and I was thrown 30 feet and I was sliding across the asphalt. And when I came to a stop, my leg was broken into pieces. My femoral artery was severed. So I get rushed to the ER and I'm taped on this gurney. It's chaotic. My husband is crying, walk, pacing back and forth in the ER. And I yelled at him. I was like, honey, I need you to get over here and be strong for me. And Shaniqua said at that moment, she said, girl, when you yelled across that room, we knew exactly who we were dealing with. She goes, the room was dead quiet and we knew we had a champion. She was like, she was like, we knew exactly what we were dealing with. And I said, well, I needed to know that my husband was going to be okay and be able to pull it together in case I died. Cause I didn't know, was I dying? I really thought I might be dying. 
And she was the first person who really gave me comfort because she leaned over me and she was just, she was beautiful. And she had this long hair. She looked like an angel. And she said, I'm going to give you something to make you feel all better now. And so that is the power and the serenity and the peace that you, Jill, and nurses like you get to offer people in that experience. And I remember thinking in that moment, in that moment, everything happens so fast. And I remember thinking, as soon as I'm better, I'm going to come back and thank her. And I did. I did. I, I did. And we ended up actually, I took her for a hike with me. She was scared to death to go for a hike. She hated hiking, scared of being out there in nature and doing, I don't know why, but hey, that was her thing, like going up a mountain. And she goes, well, my gosh, if this lady who had 34 surgeries on her leg, the saber leg from amputation is inviting me to go for a walk up a mountain, how can I say no? So she went. It's just so like you two to be like, let's face those fears. We're going to do this together. <laughs> yeah. Like I went and searched her down. I was in my wheelchair, but I was rolling through the hospital like, I need to find Shaniqua. Where's her? Where, where, where is she? I need to find her. So you're in this car accident. You have your femoral artery severed. You be, get put in a coma. You're in ICU. You, ha- you end up having... 34 surgeries to put your leg back together, which I honestly can't even imagine the pain and the sacrifice and going from somebody that was just a go-getter to having to sit in a hospital bed. Oh, like really the hardest thing, and it still breaks my heart, is the time that stole from my family. Was that part of your, your motivation to get better and get the heck out of there? Oh, I, I begged to be out of the hospital. I kept, I begged every day and they're like, Oh, the risk of infection. We really can't release you. And I'm like, no, I'm doing good. Look, I'm not on any pain pumps, no morphine pumps. I am good. I'm in my wheelchair. I can roll myself out of here. And you're making it sound easy. I feel like, but this is, I mean, you had like her leg was shattered and this is why it required a special type of surgeon. Um, I mean, literally putting blood vessels, grafts. By the way, there was only one, one surgeon that was willing to do it. No other surgeon was even willing to touch me. They were like, we just, we got to amputate it. And the one surgeon who was willing to fight with me and it wasn't just him. They would have a, it reminded me of like, um, before a football game, like all the doctors and nurses, they would huddle. I'll never forget when I finally got transported to Cedars, we were in there, I'm in the hospital and I'm finally, you know, off the life support and out of a coma and I can, like I'm awake and the doctors are all huddled up. One of the doctors looked at me and said, do you have a strong stomach? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, do you want to see what your leg looks like the x-ray? And I said, yeah, I want to know what's going on. 
And he goes, okay, I'm warning you. He turned the screen over and it was like, holy crap. It was not a broken bone. It was like a cracker that you had just crumbled into pieces. It was disintegrated. Like my whole bone, it was like my whole lower leg was just completely disintegrated. And um, the way that they came together as a team to do surgery after surgery after surgery um, was incredible. And then, you know, when I got dismissed, I couldn't just leave the hospital and go in a regular car to get home. No, I had to be transported in a special van that a wheelchair could be loaded and a my my leg was stuck straight. And so it was stuck straight and I was loaded into the back of this van and I'm sitting in a van and it's a long way home in LA traffic to get to Cedar Sinai's back to Woodland Hills. And the every bump that the road hit, it felt like my leg was being rebroken. Just to give you an example. So every bump, it was like it was, it felt like it was being rebroken. And you know, I hadn't thought about that time in a long time. And uh I remember halfway home through the trip, I had tears running down my face. And the guy looked back at me and he goes, Are you okay? And I said, No. I said, I think I need some pain medication. And I was so stubborn about taking any kind of pain medication, but I was that desperate that I was like, I need something like mercy. I just wanted to scream mercy. It was was hell. So yeah, it, it was, it was hell mentally, physically, in every way, financially. I mean, we had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. We had a lien on our house and I wasn't dealing with any of the financial stuff when I was in the hospital. I was just trying to survive. And um, my husband and I learned a lot about finances. Um, He couldn't access my account to pay the bills. And so we learned we got to be on each other's accounts. (laughs) You know, Um, yeah, it was it's been a learning process for sure. Yeah. And this is after they had told you that you only had a 1% chance of them putting your leg back together. Correct? Yeah. So you have 34 surgeries. They put your leg back together. You go home and you're dealing with this immense pain, which I do want to point out something else before I continue to. You were not ever just sitting in a hospital bed. You literally had them bring you weights. You had a pull-up bar. Like, so this woman is not just relying on other people to make her better. You are taking whatever control you can of your own life and doing the actionable steps, even if it's just lifting up that dumbbell that day. You are you are working every day to get stronger. The doctors may have thought I was a little crazy at first because I was like, I need a pull-up bar installed over my bed. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I need to keep my upper body strong. I know I can't get up. I can't use the bathroom on my own, but I can make my upper body strong. And then um, I asked my friend Danny, who I worked with, uh, said, hey, can you bring some weights to me? And I swear, I think he stole those little dumbbells from the gym. I still have those dumbbells. But hey, he gave me the dumbbells 
And it wasn't like they were these heavy dumbbells, but I did what I could. And I think it's very important to start where you are, use what you have and do what you can to make sure you're moving in the right direction. And I knew that by moving my body, it would move my mood and it would make me feel like, okay, I am moving in the right direction. And so whatever I could do in that moment to focus on the good, to focus on what I could control and let go of the rest is what I did. And people ask me all the time, they were like, well, weren't you so angry at that guy that hit you while you're riding your motorcycle? And I was like, nope, I sure wasn't. And I, Jill, I really, really wasn't. And I remember my husband being furious. He was, he's like, oh, we're going to go after him. We're going to get him. I didn't think about that. I was so focused on what I needed to be focused on to survive and to thrive. And I think that that is what you really have to do if you really want to be resilient. Choose very carefully what you're putting your focus on and focus on what you can control and let go of the rest. So I was focused on how how healthy could I eat, um, what I could do still with my body as far as working out, what I could do as far as practicing my mindset and a gratitude journal, how I could pray, how I could reach out and be of service. And so, you know, I think it's really important when you're going through a struggle to have community. And I had somebody say, well, you're lucky you had community. And I'm like, uh-uh. I was like, nope, your hard work puts you where your blessings can find you. And you get to choose who your community is and you get to pour into your community. And so while I was stuck in that bed, I may have been stuck in that bed, but I was still reaching out to clients and checking up on them. And and you know what, Jill, this is the first thing I did. This is something I haven't talked about a lot. The very first thing I did after I got out of a coma was I asked for my phone. And I was calling clients because literally saving my business was as important to me as saving an actual limb on my body. And so I was calling clients. I was checking on them. And throughout my hospital stay, I was setting up exercise programs, nutritional programs. I even had a little chair in the back corner of my room and there was a curtain. And the nurses would come into my room and they would sit in the corner and hide out. And they could sit and just unwind and unleash and tell me about all their problems they were having. They knew it was a safe place and I could offer them advice like my grandmother had given me. And and I had a fridge in the room. And so they'd come hang out and get a snack. And, and so and then when they found out I was a fitness instructor, they were like, hey, by the way. What exercises can I do to get a better booty? And so I was doing everything I could to be of service. And by doing that, it was building my community. And I think community is powerful. I think it's, you know, together we're unstoppable. I love the fact that I get to be on this journey with you and so many other amazing women, and I'm going to get to see you in Dallas in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. That we get to mastermind together and we get to be on this journey together because 
I, I tried to do it alone for a long time and it just, it didn't work. You know, the research shows that if you stay in bed for one day and you're not doing anything, you're not moving around, that is equivalent to seven days to get back to where you were. So the fact that you are taking the time out to not only work the body that you do have that you can move, but you're also not losing sight of your purpose. And if we like sit even for one day, like we can apply this to mental health too, right? Like if we are going to spend one day in our hole without doing anything, like seven, that's going to take time for you to get back. So every day, like I think like what you're saying, take something, put action to something in your life because that will change your entire week, even that one day. So I think I love that. And I think it's such a, a good example. One, another thing I wanted to talk about is after all these surgeries, you had physical therapy. You had to learn how to use a bedside commode to being able to walk to the bathroom, um, to getting to go to Starbucks for the first time, to being able to work out, right? And then uh, in your book, you walk into a specialist office after getting getting out of the hospital, having all of these a million surgeries, and he tells you, you have to stop pushing through your pain and get back in that wheelchair right now. Tell me what was going on in your head in that very moment, and then can you educate us on what you were diagnosed with? I think I get emotional talking with you because I love you. I love you so much. I love you, and I know you care. But also, it's like you have this medical background, so you know exactly like what I'm talking about. Like You get it. And I think that's important to share. Like when you get to connect with someone and share your vulnerability and you get it, like you, when somebody else goes, oh, I totally know how that is, or I understand that, or I can totally imagine how that would feel, or me too, you can really start to heal. Um, But it always kind of surprises me how I can talk about something some days and be totally fine. And then other days talk about it and be like, Oh, I'm a blubbering mess today. What's going on with me? That's the best part about you though. Cause you're so real and you just show up as you every single time, which is like the most beautiful part of being along this journey with you. I tell you, I, I remember that day so vividly because I was so proud. Let me tell you, I was so proud. I was upright on my crutches and the accident, when the accident happened, I had these really cool Nike Airshock shoes. Like they were brand new. They were hot. They were white, black, hot pink. And I had a brand new hot pink Lululemon jacket. And do you know, out of all the shoes that were lost, I could not put a shoe on my right foot for almost a year. It was that swelled up. I couldn't fit a shoe on it at all. And my shoes were blown off my feet at the impact. And so they never found my left shoe. So anyway, long story short, I'm saying this because I vividly remember thinking, what shoe am I going to wear on my left foot and trying to put a shoe on my right foot and I couldn't fit a shoe on, but just being proud to be upright and being able to go to the doctor. I get into the doctor and he takes one look at me 
And he looks at me and literally runs out the office. And I looked at Johnny, my husband, and I was like, that is not the reaction I was hoping for. Like I was thinking, he's going to be so proud. Like I'm looking like an athlete, like an athlete that went through a war zone, by the way, because I was so freaking scarred up and everything. And I'd lost 20 pounds of muscle. I was pretty emaciated. And he comes in, he does an examination and he goes, are you the kind of girl that likes to push through pain? And I said, well, yes, sir, I am. Like, I'm proud. I'm going to be, I'm beating this thing. I'm going to be running next month. He's like, no, you've got something very serious. And my thought was like, yeah, it is pretty serious. I mean, yeah, I've had a ton of surgeries and it sucks, but here I am. Tell me what to do next. And he's like, you need to get back in your wheelchair. You're never going to be the same. You're, you're, you've got something called complex regional pain syndrome. You're going to be permanently disabled. You'll never work again. You'll never walk again. And if you can wear a shoe, you'll have to wear an orthopedic shoe. And I was like, what the hell? Orthopedic shoes? I am not wearing orthopedic shoes. (laughs) I was like, no, give me my Nike shocks. (laughs) And I felt like I was kicked in the gut. And I remember leaving that Beverly Hills doctor's office and getting the car and crying all the way home. Like Johnny drove me home. And as soon as we got home, I uh, said, I need to go to physical therapy. And it, he, we went to physical therapy and the physical therapist Terry goes, Amberly, what are you doing here today? You don't have an appointment. And I said, I know I don't, but I just learned something. And if I want to have the life that I've always imagined, then I'm going to have to work harder than I've ever worked before. And I had no idea how hard that was going to be. I mean, I tried every kind of treatment from Eastern, Western medication, spinal radio frequency. I mean, you know, as a friend of mine, told you, I just recently tried a whole other pain management process that was horrible for me. It didn't work for me. And I mean, we, you have to do what works for you. And it's a process of figuring things out and it can cost thousands or millions dollars worth of medical expenses. I mean, I had a spinal stimulator, which was a very invasive treatment that didn't work. And, and it wasn't until I really realized, okay, these are the cards I've been dealt. And I got into radical, radical acceptance of this is it. This is the rest of my life. And this is what I'm going to have to live with. So I'm going to have to choose to play the hell out of the cards I've been dealt. And it might take a little more effort. It might take a little more planning. It might take a little more giving myself grace I mess up all the time. Oh my God, do I screw up all the time, but I'm constantly learning and I do the best that I can one day at a time. And um, through this process, the people that have reached out to me, I think one of the most rewarding things is other people who had been diagnosed with CRPS, which is dubbed the suicide disease because it leaves you in that much pain that people actually commit suicide, Um, that they have come to me and said, hey, I've started to 
apply your PACER method. I've started to do gratitude. I see you work out and I've started to work out and it is helping with my pain and you've changed my life. And a young girl that had given up on her life because of her CRPS diagnosis and she moved out of her parents' house and she's going to school. Another girl, I don't know if you met her at the Unstoppable Success Summit that we did, but Gina, she was a uh, uh, CRPS warrior and she is like, doing lives every day on Instagram now and like taking care of her body and making no excuses and doing what she can. And so that's really why I do what I do is because I want others to know that it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, that you get to choose what you're going to do with your life. You have the power. And once you take your power back, like you own your like this is this is what's going on. This is my story. These are my circumstances. But I am going to take radical acceptance, and that puts you in the driver's seat of your life to make action stay, steps to make your life better. Can you briefly talk about the PACER method and like maybe tell them where they can access the PACER method, which you have used to kind of get you through the, because this doesn't have to just be used for CRPS, right? It can be used for other things in anybody's life, I believe. Just touch on the PACER method and then where can people access this method that you've created to get you through these things? Thank you for asking. Yeah, you know, the whole PACER methodology came about when I was sitting at the dinner table and my husband told me, he goes, you look really tired. You should pace yourself. And I was offended. I was like, seriously, pace myself. I am an entrepreneur. Don't you know what I do? Don't you know how I've paced myself? Anyway, I was like, you know what? I started writing down everything that I did throughout the day to pace myself And then I came up with this whole acronym and it's something that I use every day and it's not just for pain, but it's helped me when I've in like complete fear, when I've felt sad, when I felt like stuck, when I felt very anxious and it's, it's called the PACER methodology and it stands for perspective, acceptance, community, endurance, and rest. And so if you are on a run right now, or if you're driving in the car, don't worry, I will give you the download. You just text me GRIT to 818-214-7378. Just text the word GRIT. You'll get this whole download and the whole PACER methodology so you can apply it into your life. So it can help you with other, with whatever change or challenge you have going on. And so the first thing is perspective. The quickest and easiest way to do that is with gratitude. And it's the thing that I do from the first, the moment I wake up and take a step out of bed and I'm not feeling good or I'm in pain. I'm like, you know what? My mind goes to, see, you're too old. How are you going to get through this? Maybe you should just get back in bed. Like it goes on and on and on. And I'm like, no, I am so grateful that I can walk. So long I was stuck in a hospital. I can walk. I have these opportunities. I get to do these things. Gratitude is alchemy and it really has changed everything for me. It's my medicine. It really allows you to focus on what you can't do instead of what you can't do. And it allows you to focus on all the things that you do have instead of what you don't have. And so really practice gratitude and also ask yourself, 
How's that working for you? Is it helping you or is it hurting you? And that will allow you to get into acceptance, which is the next part of PACER. And that was really hard for me, but it was when I accepted that I started drinking too much after trying to numb out the pain from CRPS that allowed me to get sober. It was accepting that I had complex regional pain syndrome that allowed me to change my whole lifestyle, eating, my mindset, um, the doctors, everything that I do throughout the day to take action steps to make myself better. And then once I was in that acceptance, I could share some vulnerability, which was really hard for me at first. But it really connected me with the right community, which is the next part of PACER. And I, you know, loan, we're strong, but together we're unstoppable. And there's something magical about when you come together with other like-minded, passionate, faithful people. And, you know, look, I'm a coach and I have a coach. I'm a mentor and I have people that I mentor. I have a mastermind that I love that you're, I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you and that you're in the mastermind, but I also participate in masterminds. Um, I have a therapist and no one wants me to be their therapist, believe me. I'd sign up for that. Let's be honest. (laughs) You are kind of my therapist. I call you. I'm like, okay, this is what happening. What should I do? How should I feel? (laughs) We're wired for connection. You know, we're meant to do hard things together and it takes a lot of endurance, which is the next part of PACER. And that's where your passion and your perseverance comes into play. That's where like I have to focus on my healthy habits and not rely on my willpower or motivation, but like really smart feet, like those healthy habits of I know every day I'm going to have my morning routine. I know every day I'm going to go get a workout no matter what. I know every day I'm going to eat healthy no matter what. I know every day I'm going to go to a recovery meeting or whatever it may be for you. But that endurance, and there's so much more I could go into about the whole endurance thing and some that I've come up with recently. And then the last part of PACER, because I know we're running out of time, is rest, which was the hardest thing for me because I love to go, go, go. And it's really hard for me to rest. But I realized over and over again, it, it was actually actually about the sixth time I ended up in the ER in one year that the doctor pulled me aside and was like, what's going on with you? Like, you can't keep coming here. You've got to take care of yourself. And I was like, yeah, we, we are only as strong or our impact is only as strong as we are healthy. And I can only pour like from a full cup. And so that really shook me. And I started focusing on rest. And sometimes I think you have to strategically stop and plan times throughout your day to get rest and to refuel or to reboot completely so you can be resilient. That is where you claim your resilience is when you can take time to rest. And I mean, I even wear a ring that monitors my sleep and I had to make rest a part of my business strategy and think about, okay, cool. I got eight hours of sleep before I'd be like eight hours, man, that's slacking. You need to be pushing harder and doing more. And now I'm like eight hours of sleep. Woohoo. My readiness score is amazing. Yeah. 
Some people like talk the talk and don't walk the walk. You walk and talk like everything you say. And so that's the most inspiring part about you as well. Really quick before we are done here. When I met you, I said I wanted to be part of everything that you're doing. Can we please talk about your mastermind? So I'm super excited because we're about to meet at my home, which I've never done. So I've always either rented a house on the beach or I've rented a hotel conference room or I've thrown like a big event where like other people can come. And this time I was like, you know, we just moved into our house about four months ago. And I told my husband, I was like, I really want to have the ladies over to the house to mastermind. Absolutely not. This is our home. Are you kidding me? And then he's like, okay, I know how much you love these ladies. And I was like, I do. They're my family. He's like, okay, have them over. So yes, we're meeting in person. I've got two speakers flying in. We've got a Pilates workout before. We've got smoothies. We've got masterminding, guest speakers, uh, lunch catered. Um, Then the next day, oh, and a dinner, special dinner. And then the next day, Annie has arranged for us, one of the mastermind members, Annie Randall, she's uh, got three Orange Theory fitness businesses, and she's arranged for the Orange Theory business here in town to do a special workout for us. So we're having special treatment, and we're going to get to do that. And then we're going on a two-decker, like double-decker pontoon boat with a slide and picnicking out on the boat. Which is so cool because, right, like we're learning, we're growing with each other, and then we're also having fun and having time for rest and community, which I think is so big. And I'm before we go, I just want to say like, you know, that is one event, but this mastermind has been a game changer in my life. And so if any of you females are looking for a mastermind to help grow you, I will say with my whole heart that this is the best thing I've ever done for myself. And maybe you're just like, you don't know for sure what your next journey might look like. I mean, Amberly has raised me in my business, in my heart, in my goals, just exponentially. And so she she taught me how to speak how to use my story. You bring in guests all the time that teach us new things too. Like this has been transformational in my life. And so I really wanted to make sure that we touched on this because I think it's so important. If people are interested, how can they connect with you and even apply to be in your mastermind? Uh, Well, thank you so much. And I love having you a part of it because you're an action taker. I'm like, do these things and it will get you to this level and you do it. And so you're, you're like such a joy to be able to work with. Um, Yeah. And it's application only because it is, you know, it's a family and I want to make sure, you know, I prayed for faith filled, passionate, like-minded women who are want to serve and make an impact in the world, a positive impact in the world. So if you go to truegritandgrace.com, you can get more details about what all it entails, about the one-on-one coaching, the group coaching, the events, um, the access that you have. Um, So thank you for asking me. But yeah, I get on a call with you. And you know what, Jill, I've had people go, you get on a call with everybody who applies? And I'm like, yeah, actually I do. because want to make sure that it's a good fit that, and if I know I can help you, then I'm like, 
yeah, let, let's do this. And how can people connect with you? What's the easiest way for them to connect with you? AmberlyLago.com is where you can find all my, you know, my book, my podcast, upcoming events. You want to meet this woman in person. I'm just going to say it. Like you're amazing on here. You're amazing in your book. You're amazing at everything you do. But meeting you in person, everybody's going to know exactly what I'm saying on this podcast. I love you and your whole family. Um, Yeah. So y'all reach out to me and you can text me. And I want you to know um, out of everything I've said today, like I know sometimes it can feel kind of lonely when you're going through a challenge or anything like that. And just know you're never alone. Um, You can always text me at 818-214-7378. I also send out not as often as I need to. I'm working on getting these little motivational texts out more, but I do send out little motivational texts as well. So through that number. I'm I'm so excited for that. And I just want to thank you. And on Instagram, it's Amberly Lago Motivation. And I'll be sharing your podcast. You know that. Thank you so much for coming on today. I just love how you love on everyone, serve everyone around you. And just thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I love you. All right. We hope that her insights and practical tools have inspired you to embrace your own superpower of resilience and elevate every aspect of your life. Remember, no matter what obstacle you face, you have the strength within you to overcome, grow, and thrive. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Life Without Secrets. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.